1: Club. I'm Alex. I'm
0: Justin. I'm Pete. And this is a special one-off episode of Comic Book Club. It's our
1: weekly Suicide one Squad podcast. And done. We're
0: going <laughs> to cover Suicide Squad. Yeah, we are going to be talking about the Suicide Squad that just dropped in theaters and on HBO Max. Now, if you haven't seen it, jump away. Go watch the movie because we'll jump into spoilers. But first of all, did did we all watch at home? Did anybody go to the theater to see this movie? Pete, I'm, I'm a, looking at you specifically.
2: I, I'm yeah. a Maxonista, man. You know what I mean? I'm all about that HBO Max. You know, <laughs> that's, uh, oh, wow. fr- from the comfort of my beanbag mm-hmm. chair, I was able to watch this movie, and I appreciated uh, that.
1: That's how James Gunn intended it to be watched, in mm-hmm. a probably pretty old beanbag chair <laughs> in a, in an apartment in Philadelphia. And, and yeah. might
0: I say, beanbag chairs, the most adult of chairs. So. That's right.
1: It's really the most it's comfy, great, hardest easy, to get out
0: of, but really comfy. Easy
1: transition from work to play to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I also
0: watched it on HBO Max. I did not go into the theater, even though I guess I did have the option. I, I do think, just based on watching it, this is probably a really good theater movie. There were moments yeah. that felt like... Yeah. They would hit really, really hard in the theater. Yep. But also, I kind of appreciated being able to be like, oh, I could take a break to go get another beer. I could go to the bathroom if I want to, and I'm not gonna miss anything. So you know, there's trade-offs there, is I guess what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. as
1: we know, this is a, a drinking game of a movie. Drink whenever mm-hmm. a member of the Suicide Squad dies. So, early <laughs> hit, or big yeah. early hit. The
0: Suicide Squad thing is also, you're drinking too much and you're going to die. When yeah, when this happens yeah. if you do the drinking game. Uh, Let's talk I about... enjoyed
1: watching sorry, real quick, I yeah. enjoyed watching this at home as well. Um great late night view is what I did. And uh yeah, there's some points to stop and start. This movie is has a lot of it moves very quickly, a lot of big pieces, so it's mm-hmm. But nice it's longer
0: than I thought it would be. Yeah. What were you expecting? Like a tight sixty minutes or something?
1: Well, usually, yeah. All, usually all they, they do like an Don hour
0: thirty hour 30 not for years well yeah. movies are at base 2 and th- 2 hours and 30 minutes yeah but it's an action movie i was i was
2: happy with it i was glad yeah. that we got as much as we did uh I, you know we'll get we'll get to there. i don't want to get into it but there was one part where i wanted more for sure mm.
1: if i will say if you base the the length of the movie on the pace of the first Ten minutes. I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be over in like
2: an <laughs> hour." Yeah, yeah. This is the
1: mo- This was the most efficient superhero movie of all time.
0: Wow! No, wow! No I don't know. I might around. I might disagree with that. I think there were some. Slower points in there, but certainly to your point that you were making, Justin, there's chapter headings in here, so you can take some nice breaks here and there if you really want to. But again, I was kind of missing those big pops of laughter that probably happen when you watch it in a movie theater, yeah, which uh, felt like I was missing, but also nice to watch it on my couch by myself. So there
1: you go, a quiet chuckle from Alex Dalvin,
0: yeah. yeah, just a
1: oh, that's fun, you
0: like got breathy hair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I have a recording of that that I play when I'm, like, working on a, a comedy, my, when I'm doing improv by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I just play a little Alex <sighs> laugh. <laughs> it's a laugh or a death rattle. I can't quite tell it. It's yeah, yeah.
0: not 100% clear to me either. But let's move on to general impressions of the movie then, because I know you're holding back just now, Pete. What was your take? What'd you think of the movie? Uh, and give it a letter grade, why don't you? Why um, don't you? I think, I think this is...
2: One of the best DC movies I've seen in a while. Like, you. Wow, it so it's like a really... solid
0: C, C, plus, something like that. Yeah. No, what hey, curve that's grading? the high Take point. it easy. Take it easy with that. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, grading deli- the, we're,
1: we're grading on the DC curve where an right. A or a come B. On, come on, come like on. It's like a Take D easy. or a C. Take it easy. Other. Take <laughs> it
2: easy. Was what it
0: the, was the was better DC or worse? DC stands
1: for uh, yeah. the letter grade of most of their movies. Oh, come on.
0: Better or worse than Green Lantern, real quick. Yeah,
2: a lot better than that. Come on, it's all night right. and day uh, in comparison to that. Yeah, I Day. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> I yeah, I thought I thought it was an A for sure. You, it really delivered on what it promised. It was a lot. I was surprised at all the character moments uh, in such a kind of over the top
0: action. And by the way, we should mention Justin is actually taping at an airport right yes. now. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Justin, you.
0: Uh, in LAX uh,
2: right now, taping or what's um,
1: up? Und- I am under the flight path of a local airport. So apologies. There may be some light jets popping in. No, it's great. It sounds like you're going
0: to be attacked at any point, which is a really yeah. good theming with the Suicide Squad. What about you, Justin? What was your take on the movie?
1: I mean, I liked it a lot. This was by far the most Marvel DC movie um, that has been made. I think it makes sense well, with because James Gunn at the James helm. James Gunn, yeah. But it goes beyond that. Pacing. Uh, comedy and action, the combination and and sort of emotional storytelling, <laughs> it felt very much in the. And Pete is under the sneeze path.
0: Yeah, that's um, right. So cool. I can't believe you just sneezed inside of your shirt.
2: <laughs> I was trying to dampen the noise and maybe uh, no, splatter it. Do.
1: Didn't no. work. Nope. It only it kept louder. the particles. It, the it only kept the sneeze particles in your body. <laughs> that's right. That's it's where they belong. To, it's like those dots. You got to eat them.
0: Yeah, and for those of you listening to the audio podcast version of this, Pete is actually, his shirts are a megaphone. That's what's going on.
1: (laughs) Amplifies the sneeze. Uh, A lot of different noises coming out of all of us. I think um, that this was, and let me just say Give it a letter grade, you piece of shit. Let's go. the The most Marvel DC movie makes it the most successful DC movie. Is it the best DC movie? I, I i would say yeah. i think it is i think it beats all it's the other It's
0: rewatchable it's definitely rewatchable wait did
1: you give it a letter grade or did you yeah i didn't i was proposing a, a topic of conversation best oh, dc okay. movie
2: no we're not doing that until you fart the first part of what you're supposed until, to do is give it a letter grade
1: no that's i leave save the grade for the end like a great report card oh my god you gotta god. build a comments. get to it no Was we're your favorite all DC? giving this, letter grades and DC? then
2: we move on to your okay. questions
1: i run a movie school where it's like no letter grades it's all pass fail how many
2: fun. stars then dick
1: um, you got seven rainbow
0: stripes. Um. Out of how many rainbow stripes?
1: <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna.
0: We're, I'll I'll jump in here. I I'm think gonna this, give it a
1: B plus. B plus. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I'd waffle between a B and a B plus in terms of best DC movie. I love Birds of Prey. I thought that was great, but I haven't watched it again. So I feel like I almost watched it again after watching Suicide Squad, but then. Mm. I moved on to other things in my life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now have time for five hours of movies. But I do
0: anything. think as a package, they work really well. Yeah. They're definitely a quantum leap forward for the DC movies in terms of humor, in terms of characterization more than anything else. Um, and I enjoyed both of them. And I think a lot of that has to do with Margot Robbie as yes. Harley Quinn, who is perfect. She's perfectly cast. I said this on Twitter, but I'll say it on a podcast as well.
1: Oh, wow. She Don't just is, use this. Speak?
0: Could you not use this podcast to plug your Twitter all the time and just repeat yourself, At Ace Alvin on Twitter. Check it out. Wow, Got some some sweet tweets skewed up.
1: Has anyone ever used an opinion both in a tweet and on a podcast? Never. This is the first time. This is breaking ground. Anyway,
0: Margot Robbie is the best casting decision, I think, for a superhero movie since Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man, just in terms of perfectly... Ooh, fire. You should tweet that. That's a sweet tweet. That would be an amazing...
1: Amazing Check it out, at
0: tweet. Azalbin underscore sweet tweets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: anyway, she really makes the movie, but there's so many other good characters in here. I yeah, think Rocky's unbelievable. I think there were, maybe, uh, down on it isn't even, uh, I, that's too strong for what I'm feeling, because I had a blast watching the movie. I thought it was super fun. Um, I think it shirked a little bit on some of the emotional stuff. Like, oh, it, it whiffled fucking... a little bit there. Um, and there really? were points when... It short points, but points where it dragged, so I'd give it, like, a B, but still very positive. Like you said, very rewatchable. I enjoyed it quite a bit. What part dragged? I think there was some of the stuff in Corto Maltese when they were wandering around between the action sequences that just went on, like, a beat or two longer than they should have. It wasn't bad. I wasn't like, God, I'm bored out of my skull. It was just... There were some slower parts. The action, and part of it might be the action was so good and so creative throughout that whenever it came down from that, it felt like, I want to go back to that other thing. I want to be watching that.
1: Well, let me, I think, because I was thinking about this. It's because we got a lot of, there was a lot of separation and so it felt a little bit episodic. Like we Mm -hmm. jump over to Harley's escape. Uh, and then we get a little bit later the true I mean, the love sort of, story too I love mean, story all of that yes, we get kind of thing the the peacemaker um uh, sort of he's about to uh, kill ratcatcher and then we jump away and then jump yep. back i think that made it feel like oh we've been here before rather than a lot of movies so- superhero movies just all momentum driving forward and this was able to jump around a bit so i think that maybe felt a little bit like oh we're back here again like we we're wandering through the woods a little bit but I do think those pieces were worth it for like the Harley standalone uh, romance thing was fun. And then her escape was awesome. It was a great yeah. like little featurette in the middle of this movie that I you don't have cut, but it was great.
2: I, I don't say this often, but a great use of flowers, just really mm. fun use of flowers. And, uh, you know, you don't see that often.
1: Those were all practical flowers that they had. Uh, A PA was behind her throwing so many flowers. Yeah, the number of
0: PAs that had to chuck flowers. So this is another thing that I thought was interesting about the movie, and it struck me during the Harley flower fight scene, which was really building off a lot of the visual sort of Harley vision stuff that was happening in Birds of Prey, where there were points in this movie where it almost felt like what what DC actually did with what Warner Brothers did with Justice League where it felt like oh okay right you've all seen the King Shark movie and the Peacemaker movie and you've seen all these separate movies now we're bringing them visually together except the only one that really pre-existed was Harley Quinn I mean I know a couple of them were in the first Suicide Squad movie but uh, I think it worked like again it there were a lot of visual set pieces, and I was wrestling with this a little bit in my mind while I was watching, but I think ultimately I netted out on liking it, that weren't consistent. Like, there was the fight with Peacemaker and, was it Peacemaker and Bloodsport when you see the reflection in Peacemaker's helmet, I think? Or yeah. It might have been Peacemaker. Yeah. Oh no, it's yeah, Peacemaker and Rick Flag when they're fighting. Yeah, you see Rick the reflection Flag. of the yeah, helmet, Flag, yeah. very visually interesting. There's the fight in the rain where everything is sort of blasted out in terms of the light. Also look great. They're not necessarily things that feel of a piece of each other so much as. They feel like James Gunn is kind of playing around with the idea of issues of a comic book here, yeah, and the way different artists exactly different artists, different set pieces there versus the movie, and that's ultimately why I netted but, out on like I think this is really good. Um,
2: but they he established it early, like when he uh, what's his face is doing the bouncy ball in the you know in his cell Savant. in the re- yeah Savant, the yeah. reflection. Uh, kind of they start in the reflection. And then because it really pays off when uh, King Shark goes into that giant reflective thing where you're kind of like seeing him run around. And it's like, uh I-, I think it was like a cool because then, you know, there's certain times where like Harley jumps through glass or breaks through that eye. And like, there are certain kind of like things that it's almost like foreshadowing with the shot stuff. I thought it was really cool. I... It Go felt ahead, like
1: Jessica. the. It felt like James Gunn gave every character there a little visual moment of of quiet reflection, almost. Like Harley's was inside Starro's eye, uh, King Shark in the aquarium. Like we got a lot of these moments, uh, throughout where we got to really feature a character in a moment of stillness, which I think was very cool. Yeah. Especially when the movie starts with this hyper propulsive we're in it so fast, no origins necessary. We just see these characters and then we're seeing them die and the story is off.
0: Yeah, I think, again... It's so fun, and it's so much playing around that James Gunn is doing with the camera and with the shots and with the characters I'll... and everything. It does Can feel just... propulsive in that way. Just the last thing that I was going to say is, while I was watching it, I was comparing it in my head to say, and perhaps this is unfair, but to like Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which are visually consistent, do feel like they take place in the same world. This almost felt like multiple separate worlds that were happening, but again, I was okay with it. Go ahead, Pete.
2: Uh, And also, like, when you think about that last shot of Waller, that kind of, like, action room that they're in, like, they call that, and, you know, I'm sure Justin knows this from being a line producer, they call that the fishbowl, you know, because it's like, this is where all the action is. And Mm -hmm. even Waller was on the outside of her own fishbowl looking through that glass to that room. And I'm pretty sure, you know, earlier I talked about moments I wanted to see Waller, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure murdered everybody in that room as soon as that camera turned off. Like, that was, like, the way she
0: looked at everybody. So no, it she like... didn't, though. She got Steve Agi and the woman who I'm blanking on the name of. Now they're going to spin off into a Peacemaker series.
1: Peacemaker TV show.
0: Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Credit
1: sequence.
0: Uh, I, I just think that there was a lot of, like, through-the-looking-glass
2: moments for a lot of the mm. characters, and it was interesting to have them go, like, run through a kind of wall uh, for each of them. And it was kind of like a a little bit of a kind of a starfish scenario for everybody. I, I thought it was, uh, (laughs) I thought it was very, very kind of interesting and it's nice to see kind of like big movies trying to be artistic or trying to have small moments, trying to have like interesting things happening instead of like shoot, die, you know, all the fun stuff.
1: Uh, Pete's summer film school back in session. That's right. Um, I was going to say on that tip, uh, what you're saying, Alex, um, I think this movie was sort of the flip of a lot of, of like the Guardians where it was about bringing a team together and uh, like finding consistency and being like, look at this. These are the gardens, Guardians of the Galaxy. And this movie was like, we see the Suicide Squad first and we're like, oh, this is a island of misfit toys and mm-hmm. we get to sort of experience each toy separately um, as the movie went on. So I... and I sort of like that formula better because it's less predictable. Like, we know the Guardians are going to come together. In this movie, we didn't know how everyone was going to sort of go their own way and find themselves on this team. And it did a good job with that, I think.
0: So just while we're talking about bigger themes versus smaller moments, uh, one thing that I was thinking about a little bit that I was sort of surprised – that they didn't double down on more given the villain of the movie or the ultimate villain of the movie was individuality versus conformity, because that's what Starro is kind of all about, right? Everybody is Starro the Conqueror. Ultimately they all become Starro. They're all the same versus these weird mismatched supervillains that are thrown together that are super strange. Polka man in particular, uh, TDK, Nathan Philliam's character, weasel, all of these other bizarre supervillains. villains. Yeah, they're pulled. Uh, love that guy. Love a good child killer. So much fun. Yeah. You like a good child killer, right, Pete? What? I uh, this is very aside, but I love the fact that the movie was like, you like this fun weasel character, right? Yeah, he's alive at the end of the movie, except they set him up as he murdered 27 children.
1: Yeah, it's a little weird.
0: It is a little um, weird. But I guess my point being, a- I was surprised, like it seemed like there was a very obvious theme there in terms of, conformity versus individuality that they didn't play with at all instead what do you think the big themes of the movie are do or were there not a big theme so much as like finding your purpose or are you expendable
1: Uh, i mean choosing to be a hero when there's truly nothing to guide you to do that like there was no reason they were taking their lives into their own hands uh, and really, they were giving, they could have been killed at any second, and they chose to be a, heroes in, in this moment at the end of the movie. Felt like what we were getting at. And because both the team on the ground and then Waller's team in the, let me get this term correct, fishbowl, uh, Thank you. they chose to be heroes and, and it hit Waller with a golf club. And it all happened that they were all sort of working together. Um, so, working together despite the odds is, I guess, what I would do. As yeah. That, as a theme but I also would think the the conformity versus individuality I think the movie structure is giving us that like I was saying like we get to learn more about each character they become individuals as the movie goes on as the villain conforms all the people around them
0: interesting well let's talk about specific moments or at least specific characters Pete who was your favorite and I assume it was King shark go ahead I had yep do it yeah, I was just going to do that hand bit uh, but Just he, lead back Pete falls asleep uh, for the rest of the podcast sat, <laughs> King Shark I moved. did what I was supposed to do Yeah I really no,
2: uh, There was no, a down. lot of And it was fun because it was They gave us so many weird characters And you really got to kind of like uh, Run around with them a little bit So it was interesting to see The use of the characters and The ones that died off that didn't get a chance
1: Well, maybe it's useful Um, to say favorite uh, character from the uh, Murdered Squadron at the top. Oh, okay. Favorite characters from the rest of the movie. Oh, sure. Um,
2: I'm going to say Javelin was uh, one of my favorites from the Murdered Squad, just because that moment where Harley Quinn was like, what? What? And then she's like surrounded and was like, he- Died before he can finish the sentence was such a fun, and the javelin came in so handy later. So it was. Yeah, and you liked
0: handy. Weasel because of all the child murder, right, Peter? Uh,
2: You—that's a fun thing that you discovered, and I'm happy <laughs> that you got a bit that drives me insane because you like doing that. So congrats for you, but go fuck yourself.
0: Oh man, nice. we're we're kind of like a Suicide Squad in and of herself, and I know exactly how to blow up your head. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's
1: true. Alex mm-hmm. has the buttons.
0: The it's tough to break them up from the different squads, but it, I was surprised how into the characters that I got, uh, specifically mm-hmm. like the ones that got me were Rick Flag when he died. I was very surprised yeah. that I was affected by that.
1: Yes, and, I I agree that that was would be surprising.
0: Yeah, and also he... Pocodog Man, same thing. Like I think they did a good job of laying down the emotional groundwork there for both of those characters where um, I was bummed out that they died, and I think that's how you should feel versus the cannon fodder from the first scene.
1: Well, I, and I agree with Polka Dot man. I thought a successful character where, like, weirdo outsider, powers that are helpful and interesting that you were sort of paying attention to throughout the movie, emotional core, but also very comedic, strong comedic device that gave us a fun runner throughout the movie. Yeah, the
2: mom stuff was very enjoyable.
1: Seeing the mom in place of Starro was... Great. Just Great really off. fun. What is execution. Bloodsport
0: shouts that's your mom or go kill your mom? Yeah, yeah something It's like your that. mom. It's your mom. Very funny. Very well delivered by Idris Elba as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, even uh like the emotional stuff with Idris was was surprising, you know, like he cried a little bit there. Um Yeah, yeah, I just I, it's hard to choose like what what's favorite because they they all got enough shine uh during the movie. Um that
0: it was, like, really hard to see some of them die. Even the stupid deaths, like, it was a little rough. I also think they did a really good job of not letting Harley Quinn take over the movie, which I think would be a really yeah. easy thing to do. Granted, like we've already talked about, she got her own showcase right in the middle of there on her own mission. And, of course, James Gunn gave an interview saying DC would have been fine with him killing whoever, including Harley Quinn. I find that hard to believe.
1: Yeah, definitely. but
0: But at the same time... And Pete's going to get mad at me for saying this, but she did not Iron Man It Up where it was Robert Downey Jr. taking over the whole movie and it being about him. Instead, she was part of the team dynamic. And you got, granted, she got the killing blow on Starro. She did get her own showcase, but technically like the, the rats got the killing blow. Sure. Fair enough. Technically, she got the killing. Oh, I guess the rats did. You're right. Yeah, yeah. But regardless, like she didn't take over. She was the right amount. Margot Robbie is great in the role. One of my favorite jokes of the movie is, "I'm walking back and forth." The way she delivered that, <laughs> yeah, uh, very funny.
1: Great. Very fun. Um, um, uh, it and it, it, Idris maintains the role as the as the main character of this movie, mm-hmm. the the emotional core. He's whose eyes were watching all this happen through, and. Uh, He doesn't also take too much focus where it's about him posturing. Like he's a very, he's such a good actor. I think he's able to give focus to anybody who needs it um, throughout the movie. And I guess uh, if I could say uh, Polka Dot Man, Harley, my favorites from the team that survived. Uh, guy give gave it up for Nathan Fillion and all that nonsense he was doing at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and it was funny to see Pete Davidson get iced. Pete Davidson trading on his own personality in a lot of the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, I thought, was a fun, fun use of him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought all of those characters were great. Pete, why did you like King Shark in particular? Was it just the Sylvester Stallone voice, the fact that he's... a uh, big lovable oaf who likes to kill things yes and yes for sure yeah i
2: think it's uh discovering the sly uh voice is a nice thing uh, during the movie a nice moment for people to be like holy shit, that's rocky um and it's one of those things where we've seen uh you know king shark in a number of different iterations they didn't overuse him. They didn't, it wasn't too dumb all the time. It was like sweet as well as dumb. It was a great balance and made the character very enjoyable. The rat catcher two hug at the, uh, with King shark was a beautiful moment. You know, Um I, they also did a really good job of like ending it in such a kind of way where it was like, Elber was like, we can't, you know, We got what we got and that's it. We saved the day, you know. Uh, And even I was so happy the daughter got to see some of that. That was like really powerful. Uh, But yeah, I love the helicopter end scene. You see that a lot in kind of like action movies. The helicopter like flying into the sunset kind of like uh, moment. And I think that they did it in a way that really felt great
1: uh, for the end of the movie. Uh, What did we think of John Cena as Peacemaker or the Peacemaker character in general? Because coming out of this movie that he's the takeaway, he's getting his own series. Um, And I was very surprised that he was, like, I thought it was going to be like a straight comedy superhero play. And he's, Mm -hmm. he's very fun throughout being this sort of like Superman esque boy scout who happens to just shoot people up, um, Mm -hmm. which was fun. But then he's, a, a vill- He's a straight-up villain at uh, by the end, by his... Uh, He's just an death.
2: overachiever, kind of, in the worst way. Uh, but,
1: but he kills Rick Flagg, a character that we are meant to love in this movie. Like right. I, was, I was, to your point, Alex, very surprised when that happened. And now we have to go and like this character for his TV show.
0: Well, I don't know if you need to uh, like him, necessarily. And I do think John Cena played that scene really well, because yes. he... Clearly, was killing Rick Flagg, but very conflicted about it at the same time, without saying it out loud, right, Pete? Let work it, it. work it. Let it- uh, Let yeah, it so I, I don't know. I I know Pete was going to jump in here before I started talking and before his phone started ringing. But what's up?
2: Well, I just think that like um, John Cena like did a good job. Like it was because that part was written for Dave Batista. Mm-hmm. But Cena did a good job of like adding a different layer to it in a kind of like weird, nerdy kind of way. Like his, like, even when he was just in his tidy whities, like it was it was funnier because it was John Cena. You know what I mean? Like he has like a doofy look on his face or like is able to show something that isn't too like, I'm just, I follow orders. I follow orders. I don't care. I'll do it all for Liberty. You know, like there was something extra about him that kind of really made that character like be conflicted in a way that we felt conflicted about. So like, they did such a good job with this character, like having a spinoff with him is like, oh, yeah, I would see more with this person. Even if they were wrong, we might get a different kind of
0: thing of what we're going to see about this person. I didn't know that thing about Batista. They are, that's surprising because they're very different actors. Dave Batista, as an actor, has a very uh, perfectly circular head. And John Cena, as an mm. actor, has a very rectangular head. Uh, And I think that leads to what would have been two very different
1: performances. Aristotle first said there are two types of actors, Mm -hmm. squaros and rectangles. And And
0: then there's (laughs) staros. Those are the people with the weirdest shaped
1: heads. (laughs) Uh, But great actors because they're always on, Mm -hmm. they know their lines.
0: Yeah. What did you think though, Justin? Did you offer what you thought?
2: Yeah, as a classically trained actor, give us a little something.
1: I thought the performance was great. Um, I, I was more, t- I guess, talking about the way the character is arced and, and then sort of killed and then brought back at the end. I was like, oh, uh, and now he's going to be sort of, not to get too much into the post credit sequence, set up on these sort of rogue, uh, Waller, uh, side bosses are uh, going to send him on missions. Like it's an interesting, it's all moral, morally gray. Is he going to be doing the right thing? Is he going to be doing the wrong thing? Um. It was a surprising setup for this series, I
0: thought. Yeah, I'm also curious to see whether the series has the same arc as the movie, right? Like, this is one of the problems with suicide squad as a thing is what they do here is the suicide squad story. It's their villains said to chase worse villains. Do they ultimately end up becoming heroes and doing something heroic at the end in this movie? Yes, they do. Does the same thing happen to the peacemaker TV series where you go through, I think it's eight episodes long and he has to grapple with, Oh, ultimately am I a hero at the end of this? Or am I a villain? Um, I don't know. Maybe they'll go in another direction. There was a part of me and I don't think this would have been at all satisfying, but there was a part of me that kind of wanted them when Stara was wrecking Corto Maltese to be like, "Well, that's it." <laughs> and then just fly off safe. because they did actually complete their mission. You know, and that is yeah. not their concern. And again, from a movie-going perspective, I don't think that would have been satisfying in any no, way. Oh, it would. Pissed, but yeah. it would've been a ballsy move
2: well they kind of I mean, almost go.
0: did it they're like yeah. walking away and i'm going no
2: come on you gave us the graphics suicide squad versus Starro. you gotta fucking deliver
1: i mean just for the pure comedy of it it would have been fun if they did leave and we just get a montage of them going back to their lives just with news clips behind them of Starro, shit. and they're like all right let's go back and then they jump back in and save the day um but uh what you were saying before, I do think the way they shake up the formula here is Waller. Because I think mm-hmm. the Suicide Squad formula is like Waller's in charge. She gets everyone together. She has clearly lied to them. They find out that she's lied to them and they like reject her and uh, then t- save the day. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that's the formula. for If, if uh, the Peacemaker series, maybe Waller, maybe the, his handlers won't be that. Maybe hmm. they're going to be do-gooders pushing him to do good.
2: I think that's what, uh, uh, you know, the message of the movie is, is you've got to really know who you're working for and what you as an employee are willing to do for a boss. You know what I mean? Like, it's really about knowing that dynamic because a lot of people get in the situation, they think it's something else. And then, oh, surprise, it's a lot more evil than you thought.
1: Just like this podcast. I, that's exactly. why. I so. <laughs> exactly. Uh- <laughs> We haven't Green. really talked
0: about it yet, uh, or at all. The first Suicide Squad movie, uh, the one that this hmm. technically this, is it? this one. This is no. the first one. No, I'm pretty Suicide sure this is the first Squad. one. No, it's it's, actually it's called the
1: Suicide Squad. There's no two. Yeah.
0: Well, I was reminded of it because you were talking about the thing with her walk away, and one of the best, most boggers moments in the first Suicide Squad movie is when Captain Boomerang gives this big speech about how fucked up everything is, and it's like, that's it, I'm leaving, I'm out of here. And he walks out and he's like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to fight against Enchantress or whatever it is they're heading off to do in the final third of the movie. And he leaves. And then they have a slow motion walk of everybody on the team walking to go fight the final battle. And he just walks right back in and joins them. (laughs) And it's very funny. It clearly was like an edit thing that happened maybe accidentally because that movie is a mess. But it did remind me of like... I'm glad they brought forward some of the actually good elements of that movie. And that includes Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang.
1: Great. Pretty good. Yeah.
0: Uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Great. Um great. It's surprising that they bought back Joel Kinabit as Rick Flagg because he was a pretty much nothing in the first movie, but clearly they figured really? out a way to make him work. He wasn't. All he was just like the straight-laced soldier. He didn't have yeah. any plot line or arc or anything like that. Dude. You love Joel Kinabit?
2: I, <laughs> I'm just saying. literally. Don't call the guy a nothing. He's, go a, to he's a very good Kinniman. actor. Go to bat.
0: Talk about know. all of Kidman's famous roles, Pete.
2: Oh my God! I'm just saying that like he did a good Take enough job. of the
0: challenge
2: first. Suicide Squad to get a call back for the second one. I mean, I don't know why it's all this haterade.
1: Okay. Haterade. Uh, you're a believe. huge Altered Carbon fan. <laughs> Just
0: mm-hmm. the first season, though. Second season is Anthony Mackie. He's also in For All Mankind. I know stuff he's in. I don't know why. Pete, I don't know why Pete the is defending it. I'm sure I know I'm I've from seen the him killing.
1: I've seen him from the killing. Um, For All Mankind, uh, he's like the main guy. He's yeah, the he's the main guy. guy.
0: Yeah. He's fine, he, he, but he's good at this. The other one that I was going to say, though, is Viola Davis as Amanda Waller is perfect. Like she yeah. is absolutely perfect as Amanda Waller. She's terrifying. 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 Oh, my yeah. God. So good throughout the movie. I, To your point, Pete, I could not believe they hit her over the head. That's an amazing moment that I don't think I've even ever seen in a comic book necessarily. Somebody like yeah. step up to Amanda Waller that way, just a regular person. But yeah, she's gonna kill all of them. Probably. Yeah, they're all dead. They're that all. That maybe what
1: what they've taken from this movie for the current um, Suicide Squad series, Get Joker, which is has a, a somewhat similar moment in it.
0: Mm, that's true. Yeah, uh, definitely check that. Are out you talking out you about you like the, the co-
2: comic book uh, Suicide Squad Get Joker? That is correct. Yeah, because that
0: was really good. It is good. Brian Azzarello and Alex Maleev. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. What stuff. a team. What a team.
2: Um, uh, You want someone crazy writing Suicide Squad. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like
0: a sneeze in the megaphone you're wearing type team. That's how loud it is.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Let's talk about other moments that you liked from the movie. Pete, you probably have a long list there. Sure. The
2: Idris Elba, John Cena moment about Doing cool stuff, and then Idris
0: Elba being like, funny. "Damn it, he's right." It was oh, oh, I could just re- watch just that the on whole replay. silent "What just... up" montage. You mean when yeah. they're walking through the?
2: Yeah, yeah, and then like Idris Elba acknowledging the fact that uh, John Cena is right was just really cool. Uh, I I thought that was such a funny, small but great moment. You know, what do you think like... of his
1: use of the blowgun right before that? That movie, that moment felt like they were trying to sell blowguns or like blow darts or whatever. Like, that felt very, it seemed like, like a weird day.
2: thing that John
0: Cena would use. Like, it's such a weird thing in real to life. Do. He, no, his character. Oh, um, okay. I mean, you uh, know him personally, so I'm not, yeah, John I don't Boy. want to assume anything. Yeah, yeah, John Boys, I like to call him. Um, uh, because we're best buds,
2: uh, but yeah, I think it was just like. 'Cause it is silent. It is something that like uh is, is short range but kind of like perfect for the mission. So like for his character I thought like alright it was good. And then even when he put on the silencer and shot the guy on fire, it was still kind of funny and in character. He's over the top using over the top
1: shit. I thought I thought it worked well. Justin, what about you? Any moments you want to call out from the movie in particular? Uh this is super small. I found it very strange when they were in the bar. And they ordered a round of Fournette's for the table? Mm-hmm. What is what? that? Fournette is something that I really like to drink. It's uh, a digestif. It's um, a Fournette Branca. It's like super, it's like Jägermeister that's not at all sweet, very bitter. Uh, it's something that a lot of like bartenders drink. And it was a very, it, it felt like product placement, but there we never see it. It's just a line. It seemed
2: like a fun inside baseball kind of thing to order.
1: It is like an industry drink, I think, uh, mm. for not for uh, mercenaries, um, but for like restaurant people. So I don't know. It really stuck out to me, maybe because of a personal connection, but a weird thing to include and not make something of uh, in this movie. You
2: wanted know. more for for net bits after that.
1: I don't even. I didn't want more. I thought it was a strange detail to include if it yeah. didn't mean more. Um, mm. if, if that makes sense. Unless it was a movie. Did they say maybe they said my name right after they said the line. Yeah, Yeah, they did. They did.
0: Uh, Round of Frenets, Justin,
1: Tyler. And you know what? I got billed for them. I I had to buy them. That sucks. I'm so sorry. It is a bummer. And I I also want to shout out the the bonkers visual design on Starro. Like, it's crazy. They just were like, no, this is the scary villain. Because they set it up perfectly to be scary and horrible. And then it's just a purple star. (laughs) It was like a Super Mario visual. It had like an old
2: Godzilla, like you could see the suit when the star was kind of like stomping away in a funny
0: kind of like monster movie way.
1: It was was great. It was scary and goofy at the same time, which is very hard to pull off.
0: Well, we talk about this all the time, but the fact that superhero movies progressed to the fact, to the place where you could have straight up Starro.
1: In a movie, yeah, the same yeah.
0: way he appeared back in the original Justice League appearance is great. I love yeah. that. And it worked, and it was a good villain at the end, even if it looked cartoony and ridiculous, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and I think on sort of on that bend, I think the way they managed the tone of this movie was really impressive. Like, And they did a lot with the music, I think. In the first oh, half yeah. to two-thirds of the movie, it's all like fun referential music that is sort of very the johnny um, you're Cash, obvious yeah you're, it's obvious prison. when mu- music's changing and it's like sort of jokey and whatnot but then later when shit gets serious the music gets serious and they're able to make that transition in a way that i thought was it's hard to do that it's hard to know just the right way to literally mix the, the sound choices to get to a point where we're still feeling emotion in a movie that is so broad as it is in the very beginning.
2: I couldn't yeah. agree more because like sometimes the music choice can really pull you out. And uh, there has been uh, DC movies uh, where like the music is so weird. You're kind of like, wait, what is happening? Um, but yeah, it did such a Good job of like getting you kind of more into the what was happening and pull you in. And I mean, when the movie started and I heard Johnny Cash, I smiled and was like, "This is going to be a fun movie." And and they really deliver on that right from the start.
0: One bit that I really liked uh, was the character of Miguel, the regular guy who was uh, tagging along with Milton, Milton. Milton, sorry, yeah. Uh, that Man, was had a whole a great conversation bit. for like three hours about it. No, no I, I love know.
1: that when Harley calls, calls <laughs> yeah. Idris Elba Milton at the end, yeah. I was like, "Whoo!" <laughs> that, was,
0: that was what I wanted to call out. That was such a good joke, and how proud she is of remembering his name yes. is yeah. great. Um, but on the flip side, one thing that, and this is just the comic book fad in me that was a little bummed, uh, I felt they could have done more with The Thinker. Peter Capaldi is so good. The Thinker is such a good creepy villain and he didn't do much thinking like he didn't outthink no. anybody he just had a bunch of stuff in his head and he was a mad scientist that was pretty much it so it i was... wanted a little more from that character
2: i d- i wanted less the creepy reveal of what he was doing to those people was too much uh yeah i wanted him uh, i would love that
0: i would love my choices taken away from me with a starfish from space yeah. and also live I... forever that's pretty cool oh. A
1: lot of times I'll just lay a regular Earth starfish on my face mm-hmm. and just see what happens. No you know? way, man. See Check if it I out. lose. Uh, but I agree with you. The thinker was sort of a weird. He, he looked like a villain from the original Tick animated series, mm. but he acted like a regular superhero movie asshole villain.
2: <laughs> I did yeah. really enjoy Harley's line of like, oh, my God, I've always wanted to meet a werewolf. I thought that was such a fun line
0: yeah before we wrap up here any final thoughts on the movie any... It it's a bunch of movies in one like
2: you really are getting a lot for it uh i would also in case people are like oh should i see this at home or see this in, i would record i saw it at home i kind of really wish i saw it in the theater um It is nice to be able to have control over the movie, you know, Uh, but man, uh, it would have been really cool to kind of see this in a crowded theater and get everybody's reaction. Yeah.
0: Justin, what about you? Any final thoughts on The Suicide Squad? Uh,
1: Well done movie. Like I said it already, I think this is the best DC movie that they've made. And uh, if you can't enjoy that, I mean, that's it.
0: Yeah. I agree. Really good. Really fun movie. I agree with Pete as well. Obviously, this goes without saying, you know, be safe as things change out there. That's one of my hesitancies with going to see it in the theater. But I'm glad you people have the option to watch it at home if you have HBO Max. And uh, very bummed that Jared Leto wasn't in it as Joker, but I'm going to let dude shut the (laughs) fuck up. That would have been awful. That's my joke. That would have been awful. Best cinematic Joker.
1: We could have popped him in if he was inside Starro at the end, Mm -hmm. and Harley was like, Whoa. I did yeah. like
2: uh, Harley's tattoo property of nobody with like a Joker symbol mm-hmm. on the back. Of in all cool.
0: honesty, and I probably should have said this earlier, but I really do like how James Gunn threaded the needle in terms of DCEU continuity or lack thereof there. And the fact that you have this whole movie, Birds of Prey, where Harley Quinn is letting go of the idea of the Joker and moving past it. The fact that she touched on it briefly with the dude when she's saying, oh, I'm trying to do better and look out for red flags. But she yeah. wasn't like, red flags, like from Mr. J or anything. That's not something yeah. her character would do now. So given that it's Suicide Squad, given that Pete Davidson's face explodes and other things like happen, it, like that happened throughout the movie, there was a relative subtlety to the characters and the character moves that have in here that I thought was very impressive. Yeah. So there you go, The Suicide Squad. Check it out in theaters or HBO Max now, however you prefer. If you'd like to talk about the movie, we are live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out we form our own personal suicide squad that's kind Whoa. of how it works oh man
1: exactly yeah. who has the button you. if you'd like to
0: support the podcast patreon.com slash comic book club at comic book live on twitter itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show comic book club live.com for this podcast and many more until next time I don't know how to sign this one off
1: <laughs> wow Easter's rise up No, no, no.